You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number, what is it, 145. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, doing something on this podcast that we haven't done in 144 previous podcasts, and that's talk a little big brother. Anyway, before we get started, I want to talk to you about Bona. Bona makes it easy to care for your hardwood floors with innovative products that give you a daily clean, a timeless shine, and a lifetime of protection. Water-based solutions and Green Guard Gold certific- Certification ensure a safe product for your family, pets, and our planet. Comes ready to use, just spray and mop. Bona Hardwood Floor Cleaner is available at most retailers where floor cleaning products are sold on Amazon and on Bona.com. For cleaning tips and exclusive offers, visit B-O-N-A.com slash Reality Steve. So before we get to um, Melissa Denny, who is from Rob Has a Podcast, covers a lot of Big Brother talk, and she's excellent in breaking down this season and speaking to a novice like myself, who has a lot of questions about this show, this format, how it works, past stuff that I have no knowledge of. Uh, I learned a lot in this podcast, and I hope you do too. Um, I want to get to some of the main points um, of the reunion taping for Bachelor in Paradise that happened on Tuesday. Uh, I tweeted some of it out yesterday, the two biggest things being uh, what happened between Blake and uh, Kaylin and Christina, and then the announce the official announcement of Peter the pilot becoming the next Bachelor, which is which is really funny because you saw the tweet yesterday, like, "Hey, it's official, Peter is the Bachelor." Um, now, normally, when I give out the winner at the end of the season or in the past, when I give you something, I don't have any proof of it. Obviously, you have to take my word for it, and there have been times, absolutely, where I've been wrong. And you just have to, and I end up changing it to be right, or, you know, I am right from the very beginning and it plays out that way. However, yesterday, just reading some of the responses about Peter, again, you just kind of shake your head and you're like, wait a second, like, yes, I understand in the past I have been wrong about things and you do not have any proof what I'm telling you is wrong, what I'm telling you. However... My tweet yesterday I thought was pretty clear. Like, hey, they taped the reunion show yesterday. And during that taping, they said, our next Bachelor, Peter Weber. They brought him out. They asked him questions. Like, this isn't like, oh, I think it's going to be Peter. Or, hey, they, they kind of mentioned it might have be him. No, they brought him. Out. It's almost like making the announcement on GMA with Ari and Colton. And however they've done it in the past, they made the announcement. This isn't. So to see some of the responses of, oh, I hope you're wrong, or why does it have to be Peter, or, it, you know, are we sure? It's like, you know, sometimes you just can't win. Um, I get, if I were to just say I think it's Peter, even though I've been saying that for a month and told you on Sunday that The Bachelor was going to be Peter, now it's official official without it being released publicly because this show was taped and not airing until Tuesday September 10th. It might start airing on, you know, the back half of Monday's episode on September 9th, but um, for the most part, it's going to air Tuesday the 10th. So media outlets now will be reporting 
Maybe they'll be reporting, hey, Peter was announced officially as The Bachelor at a taping, but usually they don't do that because they're not really allowed to give out spoilers. But this isn't a guess. This isn't a prediction. This isn't, I think, you know, it's official. He was brought out on stage. And a little note to add, Peter actually got emotional up there. I mean, he answered all the questions. He's ready to go. He's ready to settle down. He's looking forward to the experience. And I guess he got a little a little choked up on this. And um just excited about the opportunity, you know, gave all the answers that you expect a bachelor to give when sitting in that seat for the first time, you know, can't wait process works. Think I can find my wife, you know, all the same shit we hear every season. So, uh, we get that. The other big thing, um, I've got my list of notes here, so I'm just going to kind of run through it. I'll have a more detailed, uh, breakdown probably next Tuesday. Um, but, uh, the Blake and Christina and Kaylin situation. So Christina brings up to Kaylin, that she knows about a hookup that Kaylin had before she hooked up with Blake at Stagecoach, and it was the night before, and it was with a guy named Mark Doner, who is a YouTube guy. He's got 3 million followers on Instagram. I guess he does YouTube videos, and he's kind of a big deal in certain in that area. Um, Christina actually came to Stagecoach with Mark Doner, I think stayed in the giant house that he was at. I don't know who stayed with who, but uh, Christina brings it up to Kaylin that multiple people saw them making out. I don't know if sex was involved. It's not officially brought up. Kaylin does acknowledge that, yes, she did hang out with Mark at Stagecoach. I tweeted out the pictures yesterday. She was clearly with him. She was on his shoulders in one picture. She was in a group picture with him in another. Um but Kaylin did, uh, Chris, Christina did tell her, hey, multiple people saw you guys making out, and I went with him, and you made out with him, and the next night you hooked up with, with Blake. So there was not sex mentioned. However, we know she had it the next night with Blake. Is it really hard to put it past her? And like she, like we've always said from the very beginning, Kaylin has every right to do whatever she wants. She's single. So... My whole thing from the very beginning about this whole argument with Kaylin and Blake is her overreaction to everything uh, when they got down to Mexico and it seemed like she had an agenda to go after Blake when seemingly they were talking before and both of them knew they were going on paradise, not for each other. And they were having this agreement of, hey, we're not, you know, yeah, we had sex two months ago, but hey, let's go into paradise. Let's hope you find somebody and I hope you find somebody and let's go from there. But, yeah, so that becomes a thing. Uh, Blake gets up on the hot seat, asks, is, you know, is asked a ton of questions, and a lot of people still uh, attack Blake, uh, tell him he shouldn't have posted the texts. Dean says uncalled for. Um, I think um, I think Sydney goes after him. I think uh, maybe Onyeka goes after him. Annalise goes after him. Pretty much most people are still saying he shouldn't have posted the text. But Kalen does admit that uh, the thing about him trying to silence her was her being overly emotional and she over-exaggerated her feelings. So she did admit to that, but apparently nobody seemed to care and still were going after Blake. Um, So yeah, that was how that kind of all went down. The three couples that got engaged at the end of this show, Christian and Demi, Katie and Chris, Hannah and Dylan, they are all still engaged. Uh, Christian ends up proposing to Demi at the end of or at during taping because Demi proposed to her in Mexico. So Christian felt like she should propose to Demi, I guess. Um, Hannah and Dylan are America's next uh, boring couple. 
Uh, Hannah, they're both happy, and Dylan and Hannah is moving to L.A. Um, the other note is Katie and Chris. Katie actually came out without her ring, and uh, she said they've been having issues. She feels like she's trying really hard, and Chris isn't giving enough effort in the relationship. They talk things out up there. Chris was kind of blindsided and questioned why she brought this up on stage. Uh, but at the end of their talk, whenever they were out on stage, uh, Katie does put a ring on and they're going to fight through this, but definitely not uh, the greatest of signs. Some other things that went on, uh, Christian and Jordan got into it a little bit, a lot of interrupting each other. There was no fighting. There was security there. Uh, I think Christian stood up at one point, but nothing really happened. There wasn't any punches thrown or face-to-face stuff. Uh, they didn't have to be separated or anything like that. But Christian and Jordan kind of have their little spat as well. Uh, post-show, Kaylin and Dean are still going together, and they're happy, I guess, as happy as one can be when both of them are kind of aloof and just kind of go from the next person to the next person to the next person. Uh, Connor and Whitney are very happy. They're still a couple. Uh, as I mentioned in the co- in the column earlier this week, Connor actually took or Whitney actually took Connor to Mexico this past weekend for, for Rachel's uh, wedding to Brian. Um, the one thing that I had mentioned last week, John Paul Jones and Tasha are dating post-show, even though they break up on the show. Um, Tasha comes out first at the uh, taping, and they show footage of her showing up at John Paul Jones's house and basically asking him back, and they are dating post-show. Uh, the other one was Clay and Nicole. The other big story was was Clay and Nicole, and um, they get up there, and you know, basically Clay tells her he wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend with her at the end of the show, and Nicole that wasn't sufficient enough for her. She felt she was played. She wanted more from him, and he basically tells her like it was only three weeks, like kind of what I said in the spoilers. Like he didn't want, she didn't get the I love you or I'm. I want to marry, uh, you know, I want to, you know, will you marry me? So Nicole dumped him. She felt like she deserved more. And so she dumped him. And Nicole is, uh, says at the taping that she's now been dating a guy in Miami and she's become friends with Angela. So there's that. Um, those are the main ones. Let me look at some other notes that I wrote down. If there's anything, um, Christina, Blake, Hannah Dillon, Tasha, John Paul Jones, Kaylin Dean, Nicole Clay, Katie, Chris, Demi and Christian, I think Derek, um, Derek and John Paul Jones. Oh, that's the other thing. They go at it uh, again. Derek calls him out for lying, and John Paul Jones still stands his ground and says he doesn't lie, and still has the feelings he does uh, towards towards um, um, Derek. And they just nothing really gets resolved between them, but uh, they definitely go at each other uh, yet again. And Derek calls him out for lying. So. That's what you're going to see on the um, reunion show, which probably will air as the final episode, which would be Tuesday, September 10th. But they might start it on, you know, the back end of Monday's episode. We don't know yet. So. um, So, yeah, just wanted to get that to you um, before we go on uh, with today's podcast. All right, guys, before we get to our guests, let me talk to you about Greenlight. It's a new advertiser on the podcast. Greenlight card helps teach kids how to be smart with money with a debit card for kids that parents can manage. With a handy app, Greenlight is easy solution to transfer money to your kids without having to search for an ATM to take out cash. It also offers parents the ability to decide the exact stores 
where their kids can spend their money, the opportunity to craft customized chore lists, and an automated allowance function. Greenlight believes that kids learn through doing. That's why the Greenlight app teaches lessons in trade-off decisions and money management skills that children will use as adults. The kids' version of the Greenlight app encourages them to monitor balances, set savings goals, and track their progress. Since Greenlight came to me, I introduced this to my sister because I don't have any kids. She's got two. And right now, at least my nephew in sixth grade started learning about credit cards and credit scores and balances and how to manage your account. So pass it on to her. She's now using it with him. And it's been a great learning tool because I don't think he had any clue about the value of a dollar uh, before he started doing this. So check it out. Join Greenlight today at greenlightcard.com slash Steve. That's greenlightcard.com slash Steve. All right, uh, let's bring in our guest. This is the first time in 145 podcasts I'm talking about Big Brother. Because this is my first foray into the regular version of Big Brother, I've only seen the two celebrity editions until this year, so I wanted to get somebody on to talk about Big Brother. You know her from the Rob Rob has a podcast podcast about Big Brother three nights a week. Um, she's on the round table on Monday nights. It is Melissa Denny. Melissa, how are you? I am doing great. Honestly, I'm I'm very honored and flattered that you would uh, ask me to be on to talk about Big Brother with you for the first time. Um, I'm also I'm not going to lie, a little nervous because um, you know you're like reality TV legend. Um, I've been, no, I swear to God, I've been reading your blog for like Please. so long and all the spoilers. I mean, I try not to read your blog because I, I try not to know, but you know, you always have to, you kind of have to just peek a little. Well, thank you. Uh, I think you're the first person in 145 podcasts to say they're honored to come on the podcast. So that's, <laughs> that's great. Um, all right. First off, how, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. How'd you get involved with this? How long have you been a fan of this show and how long have you covered it for Rob has a podcast? Yeah. Um, I have actually been watching big brother since the first season. Um, it aired, it started airing around the same time survivor started airing. So my family, um, it became like a tradition where we would watch both reality shows. Um, and we got really into reality TV. It was kind of scary, but so I've been watching big brother since the very beginning had did not watch the live feeds during that time because you know it was kind of like that's weird I don't know why you do that and now I'm like crazy about the live feeds but um I didn't start podcasting about it um until I guess it was a it was big brother over the top which I don't know if you know about big brother over the top since um you, I, that is that, kind of a I do only because the Morgan girl from the challenge won it right Yes, yeah. I love Morgan, okay. by the way. Um, she's a friend of mine. But um, uh, I uh, I started podcasting about it during that season. Um, and actually, they had a competition uh, called So You Think You Can Podcast for Rob Has a Podcast, which I did not know I was getting into, by the way. Um, and they had us, like, basically, they had, like, elimination rounds. It was, like, our own reality show within a reality show podcast Um where the viewers would vote each week and someone would get eliminated and I won that. And so I got to be on the LFC, which is the live feed correspondence. Um, and so we watch the live feeds and then we podcast about them. Um, we talk a lot of strategy um, and we also do off season podcasts, which are pretty fun um, where we kind of 
we talk about various things, Big Brother related. So we do um, like a rankings podcast where we talk about, um, or like we rank all the seasons, or we talk about who would be on a good like heroes versus villains season, or you know stuff like that. And uh, so we talk about you, Big Brother US and Big Brother Canada and Big Brother Celebrity when it's on. So we cover a lot. <laughs> when did the live feed start for this program? What season? I. I don't know for sure, but I feel like they started in like season one. Um, maybe maybe not season one, but maybe season two. They were way back in the beginning, so they've been going for a very long time. Um, I just hadn't been watching them until uh, Big Brother sixteen. That's when they started like really getting into the live feeds. Okay, um, I guess my overall question, like I said, I have not watched. This is the first regular season I've ever watched of this show. The only ones I've seen were the Celebrity Editions, which I knew I could dedicate two and a half weeks to. And, and the reason I've just never gotten into Big Brother was because of the time consummation uh, over the summer when I'm covering Bachelorette and it's running at the same time, mm-hmm. three nights a week and, yep. and whatnot. I just I, I could never do it. But as I told you, I've told my audience over the last... A uh, couple months. The only reason I decided to watch this one was because Holly Allen is on it, and she became a friend after she was on the podcast last year. So, my overall question is this: because there's going to be a lot of stuff I don't know, and I want to be educated on it because <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to continue yes, this unless next season comes around and somebody else I know ends up on it. I probably won't. No, you should but, continue. Oh god, ah, I, no. I don't know. We if need I, to convert you. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you why. I don't know if I can continue with this. And one of them happened on tonight's episode. But the overall idea of this show has there ever been a main strategy in the previous twenty winners that has essentially won out in the end? Is there is there is there a main strategy other than just don't piss enough people off? It's it's hard because, you know, it's changed so much over the years. Um, it, you, if you will go back, if you were to go back and watch one of the earlier seasons of Big Brother, you would not even recognize the show. Like, you wouldn't even think it was the same program. It's a very different vibe now. Um, How so? And, you know, it, it changes. It was a lot more serious. I mean, mm. I... <laughs> After watching tonight's episode where we have, you know, a man in a robot suit um, zinging insults at the uh, at the uh, contestants and they're all like super psyched about him coming. I realized like why you might have some questions <laughs> about the uh, show. Because... Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is like some of these things are like Big Brother traditions, um, but they weren't traditions in the beginning. So like Zingbot is like a big deal now. Yeah. Um, but that only started in like Big Brother 12. So that is like a more newer tradition. Um, it's still very weird, but it's like our weird thing. You know, I, I mean, okay. it wasn't, I, I just feel like I, I feel embarrassed sometimes <laughs> when people watch the show who like aren't longtime viewers because they're like, what the heck is this? Because you've got like people throwing pies at each other. You have like, um, a pigeon like pooping on everyone for a challenge. Um, it, it's very weird. And it didn't used to be like this, I swear. And I think, I think it's a situation where like it's been changing so slowly over the years that like I didn't realize until you like actually look at it that it is a bizarre show. And it's like got a lot of weird stuff in it. Um, in the beginning, it was really more about a social experiment like 
what are we going to do? Like, what's going to happen when these people are put into this house and they have to live together? I mean, the first season, there wasn't like a head of household. There wasn't, uh, it was like America would vote someone out each week. There was not this sort of nominee thing. It wasn't anything like it is now. Um, and it really was just about seeing people living in a house together and like how they're going to react. Then they started adding in the game aspect of it where like a head of household happened. And then a few seasons later, they added um, the power of veto and they kept adding things and kind of turning it into the game that we have today. Um, but originally it was like they'd compete for groceries and stuff like that. It was not the same sort of game that you see. It was it was very a lot more serious and the challenges were like you had to shoot a basketball in, in a net. Like it wasn't anything like the crazy challenges we have today. Okay, you want to know my short, short take on all that? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking corny, is this show. It's so fucking corny. Like, I can't <laughs> it is- handle it. It's so... It's like for kids. I got I got a Zingbot that's not the least bit funny. Like, that's funny to these oh, people? I'm- and oh, they freak out and, yeah. they, and they laugh at the jokes like it's Def Comedy Jam or Night at the Apollo. Like, I'm like, what the hell? This isn't remotely funny oh god yeah we look forward to the zingbot every year and i think it's because sometimes i i know i know i know but sometimes they can give like really good insults to people that we want to see insulted so like people who you know who you've been mad at the whole season it gets to zingbot and zingbot can like you know dig give them a dig or whatever and also kind of point out not totally directly, but subtly point out like what they're doing wrong or what people are not liking about them. And it kind of, it's things that people have been tweeting about or yelling at their screens all season long. Um, I will say that the zings this season were very weak. Um, and I haven't really seen a great zing in a while. Um, at least not in my opinion, but, um, you know, there are also some times where the zing bot, can kind of call people out on their games, which is not good. Um, you know, you've got, there was one season, um, season 15, where Andy, who ended up being the eventual winner, um, he, his strategy was to kind of float through the house and not pick an alliance. Um, and the Zingbot said, like, you know, who's ghost, or pale, there's a ghost in the house, someone who's pale white and floats. Um, it's Andy. And, you know, if you're a house guest, you listen to that and you're like, wait, so Andy's been floating all season um, like that. It, it basically called out his strategy, which, like, isn't great for Andy, but he ended up winning anyway. So I guess it didn't really matter. But the Zingbot's a tradition um, and it's same with like Otev. But I will say with Otev, Otev in the beginning was like this foreboding like legends of the hidden temple uh you know uh, like mayan ruin or whatever that would be like bring me this item or whatever now it's like some pooping pigeon and you know what i totally get it i cannot get behind you know all the slime the slime that's going around and like the pooping on people and the pies and all that it is too much for me like i i like big brother for the strategy and i think they lean way too much into the like the stupid childish humor. And I I mean, I say it on the podcast all the time. Like I am not a fan of that. I'm more of a fan of the strategy. And when we talk on our podcasts, at least on the round table, we talk like solely about strategy and we talk very seriously about it. We don't talk about, you know, all the, the crazy stuff that also goes on into the episodes. 
Oh, it's understandable. I mean, the voices and like you said, that I mean, not not only having someone put pies in other people's faces, but you know, being being woken up at three a.m. by by that voice and just like the corny stuff like that. It's just it's just a bit much. I'm like, yeah. Um, a lot of casual viewers really like that. I I am not a fan really? of that. That is not why I watch. Um, but a lot of people like it, and I I don't quite get it. But, you know, if I have to deal with that in order to get the, the game strategy, like, I'll do it. But I don't watch for that. Good. Um, I'm glad you don't. Um, <laughs> okay, so there's a, there's a, there's a few things um, that have come into play this year that I know, one, because I'm well aware that there's a live feed uh, Twitter account that updates and I've checked it a couple times this year because someone notified me of stuff going on and I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. Mm -hmm. I think it was BB 21 updates or something like that. And um, there's, there's two things this season that are happening off screen that I want to discuss first off. And maybe I missed it because I'm also a direct TV subscriber. And for about 20 days I did not have CBS. So after so I probably missed about six episodes in the middle. I read all the episode recaps, so I was aware of it was like when Kemi went home and when Isabella went home. But there's about six episodes, maybe seven that I missed, and I just read the recaps on EW.com by, by Dalton. However, um, not the, we know that Christy and Tommy knew each other pre-show. Does anybody in the house know this yet or no? No, not technically, but recently there was a like a wall yeller, which we get sometimes. We get wall yellers, banner planes, whatever, trying to give the house guests a message. Um, this time we had a wall yeller who had a megaphone and yelled over the wall about Christy and Tommy know each other, and they played like a Christy DR where she talks about having Tommy in the house. Um, what's wait, however, what's, a, what's you know, a wall whatever, yeller? What, huh? It's someone, it's just a normal person who goes outside the CBS lot in like Burbank or whatever and oh. yells over the wall with a megaphone. Yeah. Oh. So people do that. They, they get very, people get very invested and they want to like influence the game if they think something's unfair or whatever. Like for example, in Big Brother 8, you know, they said that Eric was a liar and Eric was um, America's player. So, you know, they, they go there, they call people out. Uh, it, it, there have been banner planes that have flown by, you know, relaying messages to the house guests. It's, it's, you know, it's been going on for a long time. Um, but this season that happened and, you know, big brother has like, they have tactics to like deal with that essentially, which is basically go on lockdown where everyone has to go inside the house and they can't necessarily talk about what they saw. So that way nothing spreads around or what they heard. Um, and so they called everyone inside, um, and they told everyone basically like, don't talk about what you heard. So we don't know if people really heard and know now that Christy and Tommy know each other, but, um, the, the official story is that nobody, nobody knows yet. Nobody knows yet. Okay. And Christy dated Tommy's sister. Is that what it was? Or cousin? Christy's, uh, Christy's in, a, was his, in the same sex relationship his with aunt. Tom. Oh, his aunt. Tommy's oh. aunt. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, his aunt was, it was like the aunt was older and Christy was younger and yeah, they hmm. were dated for seven years. So they are, and apparently according to Instagram, um, Tommy and Christy are like ch- quote unquote childhood friends. Um, at least they 
called each other that um, in the in their posts. So they've known each other for a long time. Um, and to be honest, I don't think that's part of a twist. I think it's sloppy casting. But, um, you know, that's just sometimes, sometimes you have to deal with that sort of stuff. The other thing that came up when I was checking those live updates back, it was right, it was, it was very in the beginning of the season, this whole thing with Kat and her boyfriend back home. Did you see this story? I did. I tried not to pay attention to it because I feel like the personal stuff, the outside personal stuff of house guests is like kind of, I try not to get super involved in that just because I don't know what, what goes on outside the house. I feel like there was, there have been issues in the past where it's like marriages have broken up or like boyfriend and girlfriends have broken up over certain things. And I just try not, I try to stay out of that sort of personal drama um, but I did see something about Kat having a boyfriend outside of the house and then, you know, hooking up with Jackson pre-feeds. Yeah. Um, and that was not great for Kat's outside relationships. Yeah. And it was like, but it was like a big deal to where it wasn't just like, oh, I was kind of seeing somebody. Like he threw her a going away party. She was, he was the one who filmed her intro video. She was crying, leaving yeah. him, she was crying, leaving him a message before she went on the show. And then within two days, she's banging Jackson. Like, okay, well, this girl's... Okay. Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) Certainly not a good look. Um, Okay, so I have another question in regards to what happens when people are eliminated. Obviously, they had that first four group that could win their way back in, and Cliff won his way back in. But normally, if you're not part of the jury, if you are not part of the jury, where do you go? If you're one of the first four, five, six people eliminated, where do you go? Do you get to go home? No. You go. Yeah, you go home. Okay. You go home, and you get to rejoin, uh, you know, online life. And so people will go on Twitter and you know Instagram, wherever. Try and they go on some podcasts. They try to maybe rehabilitate their image if necessary. Um, But yeah, they they are just they're free. Okay, but the jury, so it would be Jackson and um, whoever's in the jury. I'm forgetting. The Elite, uh, Annalise. Jack and Cat. Jack, Jack, Cat, and Annalise or Sis, whatever. Okay. They're part of the jury. So mm-hmm. they are, so once they got eliminated, they have their interview with Julie, and they're basically, the three of them are sequestered together so they can chat about the show and watch the show as it airs? No. What, what are they seeing? Um, <laughs> They okay, so they go to the jury house and they will do jury house segments where they'll do like a quick little like, oh, this is so and so coming into the house. Uh, oh no, you got eliminated too, you know. And they do like a little um, jury house segment, but we haven't gotten one of those yet because usually they wait till like the first few people um, get evicted. But yeah, they go to the jury house um, and they are actually instructed not to talk about the game unless the cameras are present um, because you know they don't want to miss things and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure that they still talk, but the, the intention is don't talk about the games unless the cameras are present. Um, and so then each evicted house guest will come in while the cameras are rolling and they'll be like, surprise, I got evicted. And the people react. And then they'll say, do you want to see what happened? And they'll show a little like DVD of their, basically they see the competitions and they see like the ceremonies where it's like, you know, they get evicted or they win the veto or whatever, but they don't see the strategy talk or any of the diary rooms. 
So they, they get like a general idea of like, oh, so-and-so won the veto and then so-and-so was HOH and I got nominated and I got evicted, you know, that sort of thing. But they don't see any of the strategy. And this is actually interesting. Um, they created this because in in the original Big Brother seasons, they did not have a sequestered jury. So they didn't have a jury house. The people would just go home and they get to watch the shows along with everybody else, and they get to see their diary room sessions, see their um, all their strategies, see what people were saying about each other, see how they got evicted, see the whole thing. And for Big Brother 3, we had a contestant. Um, her name was Danielle, and she um, she played an amazing game. She was ruthless and strategic, and she would lie to people, but also everyone thought she was their friend. And in the DR, she'd talk about her whole strategy and basically lay out what she was doing. And the jury saw that, and they saw that she had lied to them, and she, they saw that what she had said about them. And even though we all, as viewers, were like, wow, what a great game, the jury didn't give her the win because they were mad at her. And because they knew what her strategy was, and they knew everything that had happened. So that is why the next season they decided to start sequestering the jury in order to get like a fair result and in order to make it so that you didn't your your opinion wasn't biased by first of all the outside world and second of all uh watching watching the show. So it's pretty interesting um how that happened and ever since then there's been a sequestered jury. Okay. That makes sense. Um I I do find it weird and I said this last week, and the thing is, I have nothing to compare it to. I have no prior knowledge of the 20 seasons. However, about two or three weeks ago, I said in my column when I was just kind of randomly talking about Big Brother, I said, is it just me or is this one of the most unlikable casts this show has ever had? Because I don't find a lot of them really likable. Um, and that was when Jackson was still there. Um I mean, uh, Jack was still there. Or Jack, yeah, yeah. Jack. And the whole Jack and Jackson thing, it just I know. It, it drove, it drove, and then you add Mickey to the mix. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you call him Mickey, but then some people are still calling him Jack, and then you got really confused. And this is when Jack, or Jackson, and then this is when Jack was still there. <laughs> it, it was just, it was like, oh, God. Just call him, call him Aquaman. <laughs> Why not just use Aquaman and Jackson? That's what they should have done. But anyway. Um, is, is, I mean, comparing us to past casts, I have nothing to go off of is the consensus. This is one of the more unlikable and annoying casts they've ever had. That is generally the consensus. Uh, people are not super happy, uh, with this cast and it's kind of sad because when they first announced the cast and everyone saw their interviews, everyone was super psyched. Um, it seemed like it was going to be a very exciting, fun, nice, like strategic cast. Um, and instead we didn't really get that. And a lot of the people who we were excited about, um, weren't very great and it was kind of disappointing. Um, if I'm being honest, the initial part, the initial like half of the season sucked. I didn't like it at all. Um, I was very disappointed. I just felt like, you know, we had this big grateful alliance that was, um, steamrolling the season and not only that they weren't they were being mean like they I I don't know how else to say it they just like weren't being nice people um there was a lot of bad behavior in the house and I wasn't happy and I will say that now the end game um or the second half of the game has been 
really exciting. Um, I feel like everyone's kind of on an even playing field, and we don't we don't know who's going to win. Usually, when you watch a season, as it nears the ending, you you start to see okay, well, I know this person's going to be in the final two, but I don't know who's going to be there with them, and I don't know if the jury will reward their their gameplay or if there's going to be a better jury or whatever. Um, but this season, I have no idea who's going to be in the end. I I'm have no idea what's going to happen week to week, and that is always a fun feeling. Um, and it's definitely a good turnaround from the first half of the season, which was a total bore. Well, let's get into tomorrow night, which is yes. Christy and Nick are up on the block. Going by what we saw tonight, and obviously things can change, it looks like Nick is going home. Fair? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely, that is fair. looks like he's probably going home. Which then leaves us with a final, what, six or seven of Nicole, Cliff, Jessica, Christy, Tommy, Holly, and Mickey. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, just looking at those names, and this is just me with no prior knowledge, I don't think Nicole, Cliff, or Jessica have a chance to win this game. Um, I think Christy, Tommy, Holly, and Mickey are the only ones that do out of those seven. Would you say that's accurate, or am I way off? You know, I, I think there is a chance for Cliff. I think there is a chance for Nicole, but she has to win something, I think, in order, to, in order for people to feel right in voting for her or whatever. Um, because right now it does appear that she's not doing anything. Um, she is doing stuff. And I want to like clarify that, you know, it does appear that on the main shows that Nicole is not doing anything and she has no strategy, no nothing, but that that's not the case. Uh, she's just working behind the scenes and she, she is a smart player. Um, and Cliff as well. Cliff is one of the smartest players in the house right now. He's, he's doing really great work. Um, and it is unfortunate that we're not really seeing that because it's being overshadowed by, you know, Mickey, of course, and Tommy and, and I mean, Chrissy, you know, it's totally, she's totally overshadowing everybody. So there are some chances for them. I don't think there is a chance for Jess to win. Um, I feel like she's the only one that I could see getting to the end and not winning. Uh, the other ones at least like have a chance, um, but but you know it does seem more likely that we will get uh, we will get a win from Tommy or or um, Mickey or Holly. Okay, because I was gonna say I just looked at it and I'm like, okay, I'm assuming these people vote and they will vote based off of likability and who has pissed the least amount of people off. And it just seems of of these seven left, assuming Nick goes home tomorrow, it seems like Tommy is the most liked by everyone else in the jury. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is liked a lot. Um, I, I think that people, I, it really, you know, it, it's hard to tell though, because people leave the house thinking one thing. And then when they go to vote, it is a totally different thing. Um, we, for the past few seasons have had seemingly bitter juries. Um, and they, they leave the house and sometimes they're, they're rooting for one person, and then by the time that person gets to the end, they're like, I'm mad. I'm mad at this person. They betrayed me. They did this to me, whatever. Um, and they vote for the other person. Um, or they vote for, they don't vote for the person who had the best strategy. They vote for the person they liked more or the person who was nicer. Um, and you never really know what a jury is going to like um, or what a jury is going to vote for. Um, so it's, 
it's really, it's almost impossible to say. Um, on our uh, on our roundtable, we do like to go through and say, like, okay, who's this person more likely to vote for out of these people? Who's going to, you know, who's more likely to win? But it really does change from week to week, I think, um, and depending on the moves that each person makes. Um, so as we get down to the final stretch, if people start betraying each other, like left and right, you could see a better jury. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see, but it's really hard to say at this point. Of the seven that are left, assuming Nick goes home tonight, only one couple is left, and that's Holly and Mickey, obviously. How have couples done in the past on this show? Like, have there been a final two where people have coupled up and said, you know, whether it's a showman's or not, I want to go to the finals with you, and then ended up getting to the finals, and the people voted over one or the other, or has a couple never made the finals? There are final twos that have gone to the finals together. Mm. Um but there, I don't believe there has ever been a couple in the final two. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's what I'm Usually, mean. usually a couple, you know, when someone gets in a showmance, they will usually be targeted very early on. So lately we've had showmances that have lasted a very long time, which is pretty rare. Um, they usually get targeted very early on, and then the remaining member of the couple will go on pretty far. Um, because at that point they, they're not really seen as a threat anymore because they're like, okay, cool. We got out, we, we, we got, we got rid of the couple. We took care of the couple. Now it's just a single person. They don't, they're, they're not really connected to anyone who cares. And then they end up getting pretty far and sometimes actually a lot of the time winning the game. So, um, you know, that's typically what you'll see is, is not a couple making their way really far in the game, but a couple having one of the members of the couple take it to the end just looking at the numbers here if okay let me let me just think this out loud if nicole cliff or jessica or tommy win next hoh i I gotta think that they're putting holly and mickey up and then one of those two will have to win the power of veto to save you're saying nicole cliff Jessica or Tommy or Tommy because it seems if like is, it seems like Christy is with Holly and Mickey or at least she's making deals to pretend that she is but if Holly or Mickey doesn't win the next HOH and you're Nicole Cliff or Jessica don't you put both of them up or are they still targeting Christy so spoilers from the live feeds um, oh, oh, I right. <laughs> believe that uh, yeah <laughs> I believe that or at least from the conversations that have been had um, it appears that both Tommy and Christy would put up Mickey and Holly. Okay. But Cliff and Nicole, they're a little trickier because they are technically in a final four with Mickey and Holly. So, you know, they could go against the final four and say, you know, for like, screw this, I'm going to put them up. Uh, but it, it would seem to me that it would make more sense to put up Tommy and Christy if I was, uh, if I was Nicole or Cliff, it would make more sense to me to put up Tommy or Christy because they're also a pair, and they're a pair that's not said they're going to work with me. So um, it does appear that it's not as as clean cut as it seems. That like, oh well, you know, Mickey and Holly, let's put them up. Everybody, it, it, there are some nuances to it, and so I I do think that there there is a pos- it, there's a possibility that Mickey and Holly go up, but I think there's just an equal possibility that Tommy and Christy go up next week. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, so for these last seven, because obviously tomorrow night is live, 
So I, we, mm-hmm. we we can't be spoiled of who gets eliminated. <laughs> but vote votes wise, it looks like Nick is is on his way out, and they're going to keep and Christie's going to survive yet another week. Um, mm-hmm. Oh wait, before before I get to that, here's my question about Christie. Is she the most annoying person who's ever been on this show? It's she's got to be top three, right? Like she's <laughs> the consensus of people who watch this show are completely put off by the incessant crying over every single thing. Is there anybody? Has there ever been anybody like A her of- that that has been that emotional in ever in the previous twenty? There have certainly been. There have certainly been people uh, who have been crying in the DR as much, or if not more, than Christy. There was uh, Amber. Uh, who people called Wamber, uh, you know, there's been, there have been a lot of tears shed in that DR. Um, I will say that there, there is, there seems to be a consensus online that Christy is, is considered very annoying. Um, however, I, I'm glad that she's sticking around. I kind of, I mean, I like her. I, she's bringing something to the table. She's, she's trying. I mean, Last week when it was Sis and Christy, I was like, thank God Christy stayed because Sis was so dull. She did nothing. She literally did nothing throughout the entire season. And she kept saying, like, I don't want to be here. I was cast on the wrong show. I want to go on Love Island. Like, I don't want to be here. And, you know, I don't want to see someone play um, who doesn't care for the game and doesn't want to be there. And Christy is like, I mean, yeah, she's crying, but she's also crying because she doesn't want to go home and sis wouldn't even care. So, you know, I, I was glad that Chrissy stuck around. I'm glad that she's sticking around this week. Um, I like people who are passionate about the game and she she brings it. So, you know, I, I'm glad to have her around. What, what has been the biggest storyline on the live feeds that hasn't made it to the network show that basically has been kept under wraps all season? that we do not know? That, that is a good question. That's a tough one because I do think that Big Brother U.S. does a good job of presenting what is going on on the live feeds as it, as it happens, or at least giving you the general idea of how it happened. Um, Big Brother Canada is not very good about that. They... They tend to just create their own narrative, um, and you don't really see what actually happened. It, they just try for, like, they just use the easy story. So, you know, if there's a lot of complicated strategy that goes into somebody sticking around for an, a week, they, they'll they be like, uh, let's just say that so-and-so kept them. Like, let's just say it was so-and-so's doing, and that's why they stayed. And, it, and maybe that's not really why they do it that way. Maybe there actually is, like, reasons why they do it, and it's not just them arbitrarily deciding what the show is going to be, but it does appear that way sometimes. And it's very frustrating. Um, Big brother us. I do feel like they, they stay pretty true to the live feeds. Um, There is, you know, the general consensus that they did not do a great job of showing the bad behavior in the beginning. um, With with, With Jack and Jackson. Yeah. With Jack Jackson, basically everyone in grateful. It was, it was not great. Um, you know, with the camp comeback people, it really started to feel like the Stanford prison experiment where you had certain people of a quote unquote lower class and the other people were like, well, we're going to treat them poorly and we're going to make them clean up after us. And we're going to make them do, we're not going to speak to them because they're of like a lower class. And it was, it was really hard to watch. It, it honestly was tough to watch and they didn't, they didn't portray that at all. And it, 
it really was not, it made watching the feeds really hard. It made it not fun. Um, and that I'm very happy that we're not really dealing with that uh, on the feeds at this point in time. And so it's a, it's a lot more lighthearted um, because I, I do feel that after America's field trip, certain people in the house uh, started to realize like, hey, I'm not so liked by America. Like what, what should I do to change my behavior? Um, namely Jackson and, and, and Holly to an extent. Um, she did, she is, I do feel like she's different uh, on the feeds and Jackson as well uh, than they initially were uh, in the house. And so it's, was Holly, was Holly that being that a mean girl in the house? I wasn't, I have no, I don't know what's been going it, on in the live feeds. Was she, was she a mean girl yeah, early on? She was a, she was a part of it. Um, it was basically the entire grateful Alliance and she was there and it was a situation where it was like, if you're not the one actually saying these things, you are still condoning that behavior by not speaking out against it when you and your Alliance are doing that. Or I guess it's more when your Alliance is doing it and you're not sticking up for people and you're not saying like, Hey guys, like let's stop with the bashing. Like let's stop saying this stuff. And you're kind of laughing along. It, it doesn't look good. Um, and so, you know, and Holly after that to her, to her credit, I mean, you know, you don't know how true this is or whatever, but to her credit, she did say, like, that wasn't me. I don't want to be associated with that sort of thing. Like, this is the real me. I want to work with Cliff and Nicole. I don't, I, I don't want to be a part of that, that whole alliance. So, you know, she is saying the right things. And I really do hope that that is how she truly feels, that, like, that's not her. That, that behavior in the beginning that everyone was, like, exhibiting was, like, not them. And that was just kind of like a mob mentality sort of situation or whatever. But... You know, and I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt if people come out of the house and are like, hey, I shouldn't have said that. Or I, I wish I I'm going to apologize to this person or whatever. Like, I'm more than willing to give people a second chance and all that. But I, it, I will say it made for some very uncomfortable feeds in the first half of the season. And I don't think that they properly addressed it on the show. However, they did show a little bit of it, you know, with the big Nicole fight or whatever, where they uh all were in the room yelling about Nicole and like excluding her and kind of based and bullying her when they were bullying Nicole. And then when they were bullying Kemi, you know, they had, they showed the shaker bottle incident with Jack. Um, and so I'm glad that they did show some of it. However, I don't feel like they showed, they show, I don't feel like they showed enough of it, but at the same time, it's like they can't dedicate the whole show to, you know, teachable moments. This is a TV show after all. So, you know, they kind of have to pick and choose and we have to kind of be, well, grateful for lack of a better word, um, when they do show those things. So, you know, and then that's, we, that's kind of, we also did find out that Kat and Holly knew each other pre-show as well. Although it wasn't yeah. like these two were close friends. They kind of knew each other. They like knew who the other person was through the pageant world. And then through, mm-hmm. I think mutual friends, like Holly knew who Kat was and Kat knew who Holly was, but it's not like, I don't, I didn't get the impression that they were texting before the show saying, hey, when we get on there, let's team up and, and forming an alliance pre-show. They, they just knew who the other people were, right? Well, we did – I do have – we do have sources that say that they – that pre-show they did decide that they were going to work together, that they did know that they were both going to be on the show together. They did talk about it, which is, again, sloppy casting. Um, we also have word that Jackson and Holly know each other from before the show. Um, well, I, I don't have verification on any of this to so take it all with a grain of salt, but supposedly Holly dated Jackson's roommate 
um, mm. a while back or something. And so they knew each other and Jackson was told by his ex-girl or his girlfriend, or, no, his ex-girlfriend, I guess now, but his girlfriend at the time, I guess, told him to stop following Holly on Instagram. So they had like, they already were following each other. So there's connections all throughout the house, which is, which is really, it's not good for the game. It makes it so it's not a clean game because if you know someone going into the house, you you have a bond with them and you feel like you can trust them um, for whatever reason. I mean, we've had people in the past go on the show and usually it's a twist. Usually it's part of the show. You know, you've got Alex and Morgan from Big Brother Over the Top. They were sisters. That was like a twist where they were supposed to like lie and not say that they were sisters. And then, you know, you have the you know, exes from season four, or you've got Dick and Danielle, um, father, daughter, um, you have these sorts of connections. Um, and that's normal. But if you have people who is, it's not part of a twist, it's just unintentional and sloppy casting. It's, it's not great. Um, and it gives you an advantage for sure. So with the seven left again, assuming that goes home tonight of the seven left, in your mind, who do you think has played the best game? Oh, that is a tough one. That's really hard because, you know, normally there is there's a person normally in each season that you're like, oh, this person far and away, by, by far, they played the best game. Um, this season, I don't feel that way. This season, I feel like some people have played better some weeks and some people have played better other weeks. I feel like if you had asked me in the first half of the game, I would have said, absolutely, Tommy, no questions asked. He's playing an amazing game. However, I do feel like his game has been falling apart lately. Um, not totally falling apart, but people have been, you know, he, he's been on the radar lately, um, which isn't good. And I would have said no about Christy, but now I'm like, well, she she saved herself. Uh, you know, she was she was dead man walking and, like, going into the week, and now she's still here, and she's probably going to be here again next week. Um and then you've got Cliff, who, you know, I do think that he's playing a very intelligent game, but then he made that he made that deal initially where he allowed Christy to keep her power, and I was like, oh, well, this guy, he has no idea what he's doing. But now I do feel like he's in a pretty decent spot. Um, and Jackson, I mean, he, he, I thought, was, like, playing a terrible game because it was just too bold and out there. But look at him. He's, like, winning all these challenges. It's hard to, it's going to be hard to get him out when the people do want to get him out. And Holly has been playing under the radar the entire time. Um, however, I do think that she's made a few mistakes here and there. Um, and you know, so you basically could say it about everybody. Um, but I guess, I guess I, I, I do think at this point, I do think Holly has the best chance to win. Really? And I'm not just saying that cause you, you know her, but oh. I do think she has the best chance to win. Really? Oh, wow. Like, even though I know her, I, I never, with these seven left, that's not who I think would win. I, I'm not even, and I trust me, I'd love, love to see Holly win. I think that'd be great, but and, and maybe I'm thinking, <laughs> no, maybe I'm like thinking along, of, perspective. maybe I'm thinking along the lines of Survivor, where I think too many people in the jury will think that she rode Mickey's coattails to the finals. What has she done? They might. She did they win might. two HOHs, yeah. which nobody has. She's the only one that's won two HOHs, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. she has done yeah. something there, but I, I, I've always got the impression that everyone just looks at Holly as, oh, she's just the only reason she's still around is because she's sleeping with Mickey. That's the impression that I get, but maybe that's not yeah. the consensus. I don't know. No, I mean, 
I do feel like that that could be an impression that's given off. However, I, I think she's playing a really good game. I think she's playing an under-the-radar game. I think she's using Mickey as a shield. Um, and I, but at the same time, she's still she's winning things. So it's not like she's just sitting back. Um, I do think that a lot of the time she can convince Mickey to do whatever she wants. Um, and so I think that she has a good head on her shoulders for strategy. Um, and I think that she hasn't pissed a lot of people off. So I think that if she gets to the end, I think it could be a situation where people vote for her because they like her and she won things and she had good strategy. And, you know, I, I do think she's playing a good under the radar game. Um, but I like, you know, I would like to know who you think was playing the best game as someone who watches the episodes and not the feeds. Tommy. And I, I, I don't, even, I shouldn't even say playing the best game. I just think he's pissed off the least amount of people. Like if I were on the jury, I think I would vote for him based on what I've seen on the live show on the mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, uh, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. I think Tommy has just not, it doesn't seem like he has any enemies in that house. Nicole. Yeah. I, I don't, I guess Nicole and Cliff, people don't dislike them. I just think they're kind of there. Well, maybe Cliff's done a little bit better. Nicole and Jessica just seem like they're there and they're about to be picked off at any moment. Christy has people that definitely don't like her. Um, Mm -hmm. Holly probably, like I said, has the impression of she's just riding Mickey's coattails. And then Mickey, you know, even with this stupid Zingbot telling him he's a pompous douchebag tonight, (laughs) I think it's still possible that um, people don't like Mickey. I just don't think anybody looks at Tommy as like, God, what an asshole that guy is. Like, I think he's just... Because he's consistently happy. But I don't know. I have no idea if that goes far in this game or if these people don't give a shit. That he just seems like a nice guy yeah. and he's, he's consistently happy. And, yeah, he's over the top, but he's a Broadway guy. What do they expect, you know? <laughs> no, no, it's true. I mean, and you're, you're making a good point. Um, I guess I'm just thinking back to, so Big Brother 19, there was a guy named Paul on the season. And he was running the show. He basically was, everybody thought they were working with Paul. They thought that Paul is this nice guy. He'll never betray me. He doesn't want to go against me, blah, blah, blah. And even when they left the house, they still thought that they still were like, Paul wouldn't Paul, this isn't Paul's fault. And Paul would go in the, the, you know, he'd do his goodbye messages to them being like, I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. Like you and I were working together the whole time. We were ride or die, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is kind of how Tommy is doing. Um, in these goodbye messages where he's like, you know, I'm so sorry you had to go, even though he had a hand in everybody's eviction. Um, but Paul got to the end and we all were like, oh, well, there's no way he's not going to win. The people all love him for whatever reason. They're snowed by him. They think that he's like this amazing, nice guy when really he's been betraying all of them. But they're just like too dumb to realize that he's doing that. Um, but they got to the jury house and they talked and they were like, wait a second, you thought you had a foul with Paul? You thought you were working with Paul, but I was working with Paul. And everybody was like, wait a second, like Paul tricked us all. He, he was working with everybody and he was pretending that he didn't know about your eviction, but really he knew about your eviction and all this other stuff. And so we get to the end and the jury votes against Paul and Paul does not win the season. Um, and it was like a big upset because everyone was like, I mean, people in the people in the audience were very happy because they hated Paul. Um, but, it, but generally people thought, well, Paul's going to win this thing for sure. There's no chance someone else wins and he didn't win. And I feel like we're heading towards that territory with Tommy where he's like, 
sobbing when people are leaving and he's crying and they're goodbye messages saying like, I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry you're saying this, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and pretending like he's working with everyone um, and that he's friends with everyone and everyone's great. And I love you so much. I wouldn't go against you. And then they're all going to get to the jury house and possibly be like, wait a second. I thought I was, was Tommy's number one. I thought I was working with Tommy. You were working with Tommy too. And everyone might turn around and see, you know, Tommy was playing kind of a, an under underhanded sort of game. Um, and they possibly could vote against him. So that is my fear with Tommy. And I, I, it's totally possible that he gets the end and everyone just thinks, you know, Tommy's a great guy and that's the end of that. And he wins it totally. But there's also the possibility that people are, are upset with him by the end of this. And I could see that happening, especially if Chrissy gets to the jury house and she tells everyone Tommy and I knew each other beforehand because you know, that's a big lie to not tell anyone. Um, and people might be upset by that. So it's, it's a tricky situation when you leave or when everyone leaves the house thinking you're their friend um, because, you know, this is a game and you're not everyone's friend. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for Tommy. That would really screw his game. I, it seems like Christy wouldn't do that because if she gets voted out, I think she would want Tommy to win and you wouldn't think that she would kill his game like that. But I guess anything is possible. Yeah. I guess it's Chris, you know, Chrissy talks and it's, Sometimes it feels like she can't keep her mouth shut when it comes to those sorts of things. So it's possible that she doesn't realize that it's going to hurt his game and thinks that it's just like a funny story she's going to say. They're like, oh, yeah, like I dated Tommy's aunt, you know, ha, ha, ha. And then, you know, it so, might come back to bite him. So is the one person that you don't think can win this out of the seven, Jessica, that's the one where basically like I just don't see any way where – even if she got to the finals, people think she did enough in this game to vote for her to win. Yeah, we were saying on the roundtable the other day that, you know, wouldn't it be crazy if Jess ends up getting Mickey out? And so she got Jack out and then Mickey out and and then gets to the end and everyone's like, look, this girl got the two biggest targets out. Like, you know, you got to give it to her. And I could see that happening if she takes out Jackson. But unless she does some crazy move like that or unless she steps it up um, for the next couple weeks, I just don't see a way that people are going to vote for her unless it's voting against someone else. So unless it's like a bitter jury situation where, where it's like her and Christy and everyone's super pissed off at Christy and they're like, no, you know what, I want to give the win to someone who's nice or something like that. That is a situation where Jess could win, but I don't really see her winning otherwise. If Jackson gets to the finals, no matter who it's against, does he win? No, I don't think so. I think there are, are going to be people in the in the jury house that are upset with him, mm. um, or or that or that say like you know I don't want this to be the representative of my season. Sometimes you get votes like that where people are like, I want my season to be represented by someone who you know wasn't this sort of like quote unquote douchebag character. I want this season to be, you know, I mean, if, imagine if it's him and cliff at the end, like I could see a situation where people are like, you got to give it to cliff. Look, the old guy got all the way here. Um, so I, I could see a situation where people don't want to vote for Jackson. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess it although, would be, I guess it would be determined by what jury considers. And I, and we, and we deal with this every season with survivor is what people consider, a worthy opponent because it seems to me if I was on the jury and Jack and Jackson got to the finals, I would reward gameplay because it seems like the target has been on his back for X amount of weeks 
and he's been able to dodge it and get by. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if he gets to the finals, yeah. he's got another five weeks in his bag or however many are left uh, to where he's dodged it yet again and again and again and again. Because basically, ever since Grateful broke up, he was a target, and he's somehow still there. Mm-hmm. So yep. that that would no, be my I, thinking. Yeah. That would be my thinking on Jackson, but I have no idea if the others think that way. No, I totally agree. And that is the way I wish. <laughs> that is the way I wish juries would vote. I wish juries would reward the gameplay and not vote based on emotions. Um, you know, if someone gets you out, that should you should be happy that they were the ones to take you out. Like you know, it's like. I just feel like you you should be rewarding good gameplay, and you want your season to be represented by someone who played a good game, no matter if it was, uh, you know, ruthless or you know, whatever kind of strategy it was. You should reward that. Um, and the past few seasons, we've had bitter juries, and that's been kind of a shame because it does kind of taint the season um, when you have a winner who what doesn't really represent the game that was played throughout the season. Um, and it, it's been pretty unfortunate lately. So I'm hopeful that this season we don't have a bitter jury, but it, it is so hard to predict what the jury's going to do. I feel like just off the top of my head, if Jackson got to the finals, it's, it's tough to say because we don't know who he would get to the finals with, but if he gets there, I think he automatically has, assuming it's not against Holly, he has Holly's vote. He has Jack's vote, probably has Kat's vote since he slept with her at the beginning of the season. So that's three that he's nailed. <laughs> uh, not nailed. Yeah. Sexually. I mean, <laughs> votes that he's na- <laughs> nailed down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Holly, Kat, Jack, that would be three. I think Nicole and Cliff give him their votes since they're kind of with Holly and Mickey right now. I mean, yeah. that that's five. Um, I Maybe just – I guess it all depends on who he's up against. But I think – if that guy gets to the finals, and I'm kind of looking at it kind of like I look at Survivor, like I think this guy is the biggest threat in the game. He's winning HOHs. He's winning vetoes. The next chance you get, you have to take him out because if he gets to the finals, I think he's winning. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I, no, I mean, that's that's a good point, and you're, you're very right on that. Um, you know, as tough as it is to predict what the jury's going to do, you know, you have to look at it as like – who is in the jury at this point and who is who's likely to be sitting next to him. And I, I think you make a good point that a lot of the people, I mean, as long as Holly's not next to him, he's already got a few votes locked in. Yeah. Um, I think that it might change if he's against Tommy yeah. because then Tommy's got like Christy and Tommy's got probably Jessica and Tommy's got um, Tommy. Uh, Tommy might have Jack. I'm not sure. But probably Jackson would have Jack. Probably, um, probably but, has Nick. Know, probably there, has Nick too. Yeah. So there, there are some variances there, but I, I do, I do see your point, and I, and I do believe that Jackson does have a good chance to win if he makes it to the end, which is why people should really be looking at him as a target for the next couple weeks. Yeah, I think with the live feeds and everything, it's just like I said, it's it's such a dedication to this show. I, I mean, I, I have found it interesting because I like Survivor. And the, and the main reason I like Survivor, and Survivor is my favorite reality show of all time, is I love the social experiment aspect of it to where the people okay. that you vote out ultimately determine your fate. And that's basically the same way it works on this show. Um, yeah. It is the same way it works on this show. You know, you're voting people out who eventually will determine 
to give you the money or not. So in that aspect, I like okay. it. Survivor's just way less corny to me, and it doesn't have a stupid, yeah. stupid and narrator and a voice. And that's what's tough for me <laughs> to get over. But I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to basically, like, watch the first couple episodes of, of next summer's cast and just and just see if I want to dedicate three months <laughs> to, to, yeah. a, to a show you know, again. If I, can, if I can recommend something to you, I would recommend going and watching, like, Big Brother 10. Um, or maybe Big Brother 7. Big Brother 7's All-Stars, but Big Brother 10 is like a clean game where they did like a back-to-basics season, um, and we had an amazing winner, and you see amazing gameplay. Um, and I really would recommend doing that. Um, when we just did our rankings podcast of all the seasons, um, we did we ranked Big Brother 10, I believe, and Big Brother 7 uh, as our top two Big Brothers. Okay, I, I <laughs> that would constitute me going back and watching what? Thir- how many episodes are in a season? It's got to be thirty, right? Thirty-five. It's got to be a. Uh, it's three times a week for three months. That's that's got to be thirty-five, thirty-six lot. episodes. Yeah, I. But you know, when I was prepping for the uh, the rankings podcast, I went back and I they're like all available on YouTube. So I went on YouTube and I watched like. I want to say like seven seasons, but I put it on like 1.5 times speed and like skip past all the competitions. And so I could just watch the strategy. Oh. Um, and, and it, I got through like seven seasons in like a week or oh. a few days actually. Wow. So, you know, it is doable. It is doable. Uh, but, uh, you might not get all the nuances, but it is doable. <laughs> that is some, but that is some serious it, dedication. <laughs> dedication. Yeah, I, I dedication, uh, super weirdness. I guess <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Like probably too much dedication. Yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I I applaud you for that. I I don't know if I can can tolerate that, especially because I just have so many other things in my DVR. But who knows? Uh, maybe I'll I'll definitely watch the Celebrity Edition when it comes out this summer because now I'll have a little bit better understanding. Um, Although I, mean, I heard they're not going to do it. Oh, they're not doing it. Oh, okay. Well, I heard, yeah, I heard. Well, well, I don't know for sure. I don't know if we know for sure, but I heard that they're. I mean, they haven't announced it yet, and I've heard that the rumblings that we're not having a Big Brother celebrity this year, which is very unfortunate because I feel like that's been a fun one. Huh. All right. Well, um, <laughs> Melissa. Like, well, I guess that's it. Then. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I guess I just have to <laughs> no wait till next Big summer. For me. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Melissa, thank you so much uh, for doing this. I learned a lot. Oh. Um, I hope my novice perspective of things based on what I've seen and not following anything online outside of a couple things here and there uh, added something that made you think twice. But um, I, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I, I am intrigued. I do want to I will follow it through to the end and I'm curious to see who wins. But um, again, thank you for coming on. You can listen to Melissa on the Rob has a podcast network. You have the mm-hmm. um you guys do a show after every live show, which is the Sunday, Wednesday, and Thursday show, and then you do a roundtable every Monday, correct? Yep. yep. Uh huh. And then Taryn does his morning updates every morning. So if you're curious as to what happened on the live feeds the night before or the day before, then you can uh, watch that. But uh, that that takes true dedication. Perfect. Uh, thank you very much, Melissa. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. This has been awesome. You got it. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much to Melissa for coming on. I really appreciate that. 
I know it only took me 145 podcasts to talk about Big Brother, and I know there's Big Brother fans out there, and I know you probably listen to stuff, and there's diehards. I've heard from them this season in reader emails. You guys follow the live feeds. You follow the Twitter accounts. I just can't get that into it, but I am enjoying the season, although not the most likable cast, um, but I, I do think I am interested. I am going to follow it through and see this thing through and see who ends up winning it, and am curious, and we'll have thoughts on it when I see who wins, but um, you just got to remember it's coming from someone who's a novice in this show and this format and what has worked in the past for others and past jury votes i just i just don't know but uh thanks again to melissa denny for coming on and and talking about that so please rate subscribe and review an apple podcast it would be much appreciated it certainly helps the podcast um next week's podcast probably is going to go up a little bit earlier because i leave thursday morning uh for my annual nfl opening weekend vegas trip so it'll probably be up either th- early thursday morning or late wednesday night don't know who it's yet uh, with yet but uh, i will let you know So anyway, thank you. Uh, For Melissa and Denny, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. See you.